0: Hi again, everyone. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and you've checked into Moving Up the Ladder on LJN Radio. Of course, on Moving Up the Ladder, we're bringing you in experts in the world of business and employment, looking to give you some knowledge and insight into the success of your career or business in any way we possibly can. This is actually part two of our interview with Ron Baker, the founder of Verisage Institute, and a well-respected thought leader who actually had a couple articles on LinkedIn about replacing the performance appraisal that were extremely popular, a bunch of views, a bunch of comments, so we decided to talk to him about that exact topic. In this part of the interview, we're gonna talk about a strategy that the Army actually implemented and that he suggests using in the world of business, and also examining how the way employers think might be holding us all back. Moving forward with another strategy that you brought up, you know, sort of this al- alternate look and alternate uh, use of, you know, getting rid of the performance appraisal, as you, as you stated, is the idea of uh, it's actually taken from from the Army, if I recall correctly. And as you mentioned, uh, I guess, can you summarize what this is and, and, and what this looks like in terms of uh, a strategy for instead of the performance appraisals?
1: Yeah, it's called the after action review and the Army did implement them after the Vietnam War. Okay. And it wasn't it wasn't implemented to uh, improve performance. It was actually implemented to improve morale hmm. after the defeat of the Vietnam War. I mean, the U.S. Army was in a very low point of morale, and they thought that the AAR would really help them institutionally and uh, on a morale basis. But what it, let me give maybe an example would be the best way to illustrate the AAR. Sure. If you're an Army platoon and you're assigned to go build a bridge, now, you've got the Army manual, and the Army manual gives you all the specs for the bridge and, and you know everything that you're going to need to do. And obviously, there's going to be a lot of tacit knowledge that's not in the Army manual. So you're going to go out there, and you're probably going to make some mistakes. But the Army has a great saying, we never want to build the same bridge twice. In other words, if we've built it once, then we, we, sh- we capture those lessons. Mm-hmm. So rather than just running out and building the bridge, the first thing now that the Army does, the personnel assigned would be to go into the Army's intranet and read after-action reviews from other platoons who have built a similar bridge. And they'll, they'll read things like, well, you know, the Army manual says to use the screw here and weld here, but don't do that. We found a shortcut. Do this instead. Okay. That's, you know, that's all that tacit, sticky knowledge that's really hard to gather. Mm-hmm. So the, the Army does an AAR after every major assignment. I talked to a a a person who was stationed in Iraq three different times. And he said, oh, geez, AARs. He goes, we AAR changing the toilet paper. (laughs) You know, they're absolutely fanatic about them. I mean, they're really part of the Army's culture now. And they ask four questions. So everybody who worked on an assignment in the Army, whether it was, you know, going out and clearing homes or looking for terrorists or IEDs or whatever it might be, they all come back and they do an AAR. And there's no hierarchy the hats come off and are put in the table face down, meaning that, you know, a general is, is even with a corporal, right. Right? but everybody involved is involved in this AAR. It's not a blame game. It's a learning tool. And the army asks four questions. What did we expect to happen on this mission? Right? Because we all make plans mm-hmm. and, you know, the Lord chuckles and, <laughs> and, and reality <laughs> intervenes. Uh, and then the second question is, And what actually happened out there, which the army calls the ground truth. And the third question is, why was there a difference between what we expected and what actually happened? And what were the positive and negative factors in that difference? And the fourth question is, how could we do it better next time? Sure. So now you can think about how easy with social media, this would be to capture. You wouldn't need somebody recording it anymore, like in the old days, and turning out a paper report. You could videotape this, you could podcast it. The army doesn't want it any longer than 45 or 50 minutes. Hmm. They have very strict time limits on each question. It's a very high order review and it's not a blame game. It's a learning tool. It's so we can do things better next time. So, you know, rather than just doing and moving from one thing to the Mm -hmm. other, the army actually steps back and reviews what it's done and sees what it can learn from that. And if you look at all great companies, Toyota, Toyota, I mean, the, the, the Toyota way is, a you know, uses after action reviews. In fact, they use before action reviews as well to try and figure out things before they start. And it's a very effective knowledge tool. In fact, Tim, I believe it's the most effective knowledge tool ever devised by man. If you're serious about creating a learning organization, then your organization should definitely utilize after action reviews. I don't care what you do about the performance appraisal, but I think the AARs are an incredible tool by themselves.
0: I mean, I, I have to agree. Just it sounds like it sounds like it would work perfectly in any environment. As, as you know, whether it's the army or it's in this knowledge uh, workforce that we talk about, uh, when it when it comes to this, I mean, you mentioned a couple of the, you know, you mentioned Toyota as being a, a obviously a big name that uses something like this. I mean, how do you convince an organization to? take this on. I mean, I, you know, I would think people talk about time in this instant, and maybe it's again this idea of you know employer and employee, and, and there's a factor. Where would you start in sort of trying to convince them that this is really a terrific way to go?
1: Yeah, and, and, and it's a tough sell. I mean, even the Army had uh, a hard time uh, incorporating it into their culture because it really sure. is a cultural change. And in fact, I read an account of the army general who actually implemented AARs in the army when he retired and went into the private sector. He started working for a company and on the shipping dock, he told the guys, hey, I want you to do AARs. And they all kind of looked at him and said, do you want us (laughs) to talk about it or do you want us to ship product? And he goes, well, I want you to do both. I mean, to him, there was, you know, there was no difference between the two, but to them, one was doing, and one was sitting around wasting time. So I think one of the biggest obstacles to implementing after-action reviews is you know, they're quote-unquote non-efficient because you're just sitting around talking mm-hmm. about what you've already done, and yet they're going to make you not only more efficient the next time that, build, that bridge is built, they're going right. to make it more effective, <laughs> uh, which you know, is the unseen consequence that you don't see by investing the 40 minutes in doing the AAR. So it's really hard to get organizations to do these. I mean, this is why I think one of the reasons knowledge management has failed in a lot of companies, because we give it lip service, but then it kind of turns into a document, a glorified document management program. And AAR is not a document management. It's capturing real tacit knowledge from people's minds. And. That makes it very, very, you know, low bandwidth. And, and, and uh, uh, from a time standpoint, you have mm-hmm. to invest some things into it to get it done effectively.
0: Well, it's, it's interesting because obviously you know, we had the conversation about effectiveness and efficiency. And, and as you said, you, know, you bring it up here as well. Do you think there's still this mind frame that, uh, that we are all in this production workforce as opposed to knowledge? Because that's what it sounds like is get it done, move on, get it done, move on. Whereas you're bringing up. But the idea of you know effectiveness and, and taking a step back, I mean, is that where the the gap is? Have we not really formulated that sort of way of thinking yet?
1: I don't think we have, Tim. I seriously don't. I don't think our organizations are built for knowledge workers. I, I you know they were designed, and a lot of the management tools that we use, ROI, budgeting, all this nonsense, were all designed back in you know a hundred years ago in the Frederick Taylor scientific revolution, Henry Ford you know factory days, and We're just not a factory economy anymore. I mean, look out the window. You don't see many smokestacks. Uh, We're knowledge organizations, and yet our organizations have not kept pace with the change in the economy. Uh, You know, our our organizations are less human than the people in them.
0: Hmm. I don't even know what to say to that. I can't necessarily disagree, but uh, I mean, it it does belabor the point a little bit. So. uh.
1: And, and the and the annual performance appraisal is one of the reasons that it's in, it, you know I believe less human.
0: Well, and let, so let's let's move to that a little bit. You know, back towards that. Okay, let's say hopefully an organization, you know, in trying to develop maybe something that's new or different or improve their processes, that sort of thing. They but they don't want to jump into any of these ideas fully. They don't necessarily you know they're afraid or they're they're just not sure if it's going to work. Are there certain smaller aspects that they could take from these and, and maybe implement them as sort of that, that small step and moving forward? I guess, what would you sort of advise there if they're not willing to, to scrap the, the performance appraisal completely and, and jump into these other strategies?
1: Great question, because a lot, of, a, a lot of companies won't obviously jump on this change. I mean, I have, I have no illusion mm-hmm. about yeah. getting rid of the performance appraisal process. I think it's not going to happen, and certainly in our lifetimes. But I, I, I think if they just implemented after-action reviews, they'd be way ahead. Hmm. And I believe they could implement the idea of the key predictive indicators as well, and they'd be way ahead. Uh, so I would ask them to do those two things. And, and, and then maybe just dip their toe in the water with the, with the Drucker's manager's letter, which I think is a brilliant idea. Uh, when I look at the uh, Procter & Gamble work development plan, uh, you know, that's absolutely brilliant because it's all focused on future performance and it actually does enhance their future performance. And, you know, Procter & Gamble is a pretty successful, innovative company. It's hard to argue that, <laughs> you know, they would do something that didn't make sense.
0: Right, right. Well, I mean, Ron, of course, I appreciate these conversations always. And, and we always like to give our guests the the floor at the end as a takeaway. And I know it's a little dangerous with you because we might get a lesson in anatomy or uh, some other some other area that's not necessarily directly related to employment, but Giving you the floor. Just final piece of advice, a takeaway on the idea of replacing those performance appraisals, or maybe it's just a mindset. Uh, what, what would you point to? What would you What would you give the listeners?
1: Well, I would definitely encourage them. Please read "Abolishing Performance Appraisals" by Tom Cohen and Mary Jenkins. There's another book called "Firing at Will" by Jay Shepard, who was a 30 year employment lawyer and also believes that the performance appraisal does not protect you in court and is the dumbest managerial tool ever devised. That's what he writes in his book. So uh, start, with, start with reading more about this topic. The second thing is understand that I really do believe, Tim, that just getting rid of this is a benefit in and of itself. You know, it's kind of like if your house is on fire, firemen come and put it out. You don't walk up to them and go, well, that's just great. Now, what are you going to replace it with? I mean, by putting out the fire, they've done you a huge favor. And I think, you know, because of this thing is an iatrogenic illness, meaning an illness caused by the doctor, uh, I believe getting rid of it all alone, even if you don't replace it with anything that we've talked about is a net benefit to your organization. But then I would say to everybody, look, go to the theater. You know, everyone there is listed. They don't talk about human resources. Managers are reserved for things not people, right? The stage manager, the lighting manager, Hmm. and those actors are directed. They're not managed by someone who leaves the scene once the project is underway. I mean, you know, the director goes away and lets the actors carry on and audience feedback to people who matter happens immediately. It doesn't have to wait once a year for an annual performance appraisal. And I th- and that's, a, by, by the way, a metaphor that a guy named Charles Handy, who's kind of like the British version of Peter Drucker, that's what he wrote about. He said, you know, go to the theater and look how that's done. And I think the theater is a great metaphor for knowledge workers, and I really like that. And I just really encourage people to take a hard look at this annual performance appraisal and realize this absolute kabuki theater, it's not achieving the desired outcome, which is improved performance. And we're only doing it because, you know, we've always done it this way. And that's an insane reason to keep something around in in these changing times.
0: I, uh, yeah, I love that idea the, the theater analogy I think that's a really cool way To look at it And a nice perspective on it So I appreciate that As a, as a nice takeaway For our listeners Unfortunately That is going to do it for us Here on Moving Up the Ladder And our discussion Surrounding performance appraisals And of course the idea Of getting rid of them It's always a pleasure Of course to speak With our expert Ron Baker The founder of Verisage Institute Ron thanks as always For bringing us Your uh, unfettered And experienced insight On uh, all topics That we discuss
1: Thank you Tim Anytime I really enjoy These conversations
0: Thanks us too Of course, we also want to hear from you, the listeners, as well. So if you have any thoughts on future topics for us to cover here on LJN Radio, just shoot us an email to Radio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.